This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye of the sky. This is Seattle Overload. Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast, where the Seahawks have beat the Los Angeles Rams 27-23. Yes, I'm wearing a Reese's Senior Bowl hat. Or do you say Reese's? But we don't have to think about Only the draft yet. Only sickos say Reese's. Okay, good. I'm not a sicko. We don't have to think about the draft yet, because the Seahawks are still in the playoff hunt. Now, results elsewhere went a bit weird, but Washington is 7-4-1. Seattle is now 7-5. They are in the hunt. They need to keep winning. And this was a game where a lot of things went right. Geno Smith actually put together his first fourth quarter game-winning drive since 2014, which seems crazy because really down the, well, the stretch of this season, he's done bits and bobs like that, but the defense hasn't sort of done their part. But he's also shown troubling signs. And on this last drive, I felt he showed a few troubling signs, but he got it done in the end. He overcame that adversity, overcame the running back injuries, which we'll get to. And he did it, finishing 28 of 39 for 367 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, and one very weird interception. Griffin, how good was Gino? Uh, You know, he was really good. Awesome to see, finally, the game-winning drive. He had his usual couple of iffy throws a game, which feels like he's really had almost every single game. Um, But you can probably say that about a lot of quarterbacks, but it's just the, the nature of the beast. If that's his process... It surely is working out, you know, in the the big picture here because not many of them have actually, you know, resulted in <clears throat> an interception, right, or a turnover. So, um, you know, he he was using the middle of the field. He was able to get uh, the the big uh, go ball to DK Metcalf down the sideline on the boundary there. Um, sharp in play action, you know, surgical and quick game. Um, like even when they were in quick game, like. 
uh, Marquise Goodwin's lone reception of the game. It was double slants, quick game concept, and he held out in the pocket a little bit longer and allowed Goodwin to gain a little bit more depth and um, caught it at 12 yards instead of the usual five, six, seven. Like it's just a cool way to cheat the system there, knowing he had man coverage and no one, no interior help there. So like just little things like that. Um, and it was just generally really accurate with the ball, you know, um, again, once again, it felt like the the best game, the best throw of the game occurred on an incompletion. The one where Goodwin almost came down with it. And I'm not going to fault him for it. Good defensive play. Uh, but he's had a hand like probably four or five of his top 10 throws of the season are incompletions. It's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'll flip it. I'll flip it over to you guys. Yeah, uh, it was uh, nice to uh, get a win finally after a uh, couple losses, couple bad losses in a row. Not entirely thrilled with the way that they won this game, but uh, that last drive was cool. It was good to see Gino finally get that game-winning drive. That was kind of the last box that he hadn't checked yet up to this point, so it was good to see that. Uh, and obviously, you know, it's great to see DK scoring a uh, game-winning touchdown with Jalen Ramsey on him, so that was cool. Um that was a you know really fun to watch them you know competing as they do uh, over the course of this game, um, but yeah you know the couple of weird turnovers that didn't really need to be turnovers at least one of them I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit uh, but overall pretty uh, pretty good day especially when you consider the fact that their entire running back room got decimated over the course of this game so yeah let's talk about the weird turnover so. I think that's what's encouraging for me. And it, it's silly to put so much stock in one win and, you know, base a whole performance around the result. And I do agree the performance was concerning. But I think the fact that they overcame concerning elements to the offense that we've seen in the past, you know, worrying elements to their whole game, that for me is big. Like, that for me is huge. The sack fumble, that was really weird. Like they're in an unbalanced line. I'm not sure why they'd do that, maybe to sell the play action. I mean, it was open, I think, but it was just a bit weird. It was kind of like that vibe of Waldron being a bit cute. The red zone stuff, they went ended up going two for four in the red zone, but, you know, you'd like that efficiency to be slightly higher. And they went five for 10 on third down to just at that 50% mark or higher that they aimed for. But it seemed very up and down and disjointed at times, lacking rhythm. But... They put it all together and they finished and that touchdown to DK Metcalf zipped in with like a clever sort of uh, overloading the side. They're probably expecting a rub route kind of deal and instead they're able to get bootleg out of that from the gun and Gino just goes, I'm best than you, threads it into a tight window. DK, who's been, he's been, you know, going at it with Jalen Ramsey the whole game. He's just like, I'm bigger and stronger than you. I have strong hands. I'm not even that open, but I'm just going to catch this touchdown. I wanted to have intercepted because it was such a tight window throw. We couldn't right. see where the ball had gone. Can't but tell at first, yeah. DK comes that's down a, with it. That's a big boy throw, too, um, especially in that you know situation. Uh, best game of the season for DK, would you guess say? Yeah. Well, I guess. Okay. Like, I, I mean, give it, yeah. He finished yeah. with eight targets, eight receptions, 127 yards, one touchdown. Wow, he caught, tar- he caught all of his he caught all of his targets. Crazy. There yeah. You yeah. You know, he's he's DK has really been like owning the little things within his game. Like he's not expanding his game, but it's the little things within his game. The last two, three weeks, he's really like, you know, he's committing to like, I'm gonna get the hard, tough yardage, make the most out of it. 
um, you know, the easy stuff. But then, like, he's still one of the, like probably the most dangerous sideline route runner, you know, threat in the in the game. So, and he caught he caught that he caught that game winning touchdown uh, overhanded. He had pronated hands. He he used his hands and see he had to because he's tried to in the exact same scenario try to under catch it underhanded and trap it up against his chest and you're not always going to be able to pluck those out um if he tried to do that right there ramsey very well could have gotten a hand on the ball um he had to reach out for it a little bit and that probably helped secure you know the touchdown so dk metcalf reading c mike's spin move tweets he finally saw my tweets thank god what was also cool about that final drive as well not to put too much stock into it but it is what won the game was how Lockett was kind of getting all the targets during that drive. And he finished 12 targets, nine receptions for 128 yards uh, and one touchdown as well. But he was getting peppered around there. And you're like, oh, Metcalf's kind of gone out of it. Is is Gino not going his way? And then bang, there we go. (laughs) Like (laughs) Gino uh, Gino finds DK. But Lockett, what a game he had. Finding the zone holes, being that reliable target, kind of always open. He had a mix-up with... You know, which on another day, maybe that ends in interception. But overall, uh, a superb game from from Lockett again. And th- these two, when you've got these two and you've got Gino, who's obviously a brilliant pocket pass and he's reading stuff out so well, but you can accomplish a lot. Like, you really can. Now, Gino was sacked four times. I feel most of that seems to be coverage sacks. We'll have to watch till 22. But there's a lot to be excited about. Uh, about with this passing offense I, I i think we already knew that but just the fact they went and did it in this game and they finished like i'm i'm so so happy about that now ty the run game <laughs> the run game actually per, for a yards per carry standpoint is impressively better than i thought like it went yeah. to 4.1 yards per carry which is kind of weird did you know scramble he did all he, the had, thing, didn't he? he had two carries for three yards apparently so um some of that is a bit skewed by the big walker run at the beginning of the game i think it was like literally the first play of the game that they had that he busted for like i don't know 20 plus yards here it was uh it was a 30 yard uh run so that's yeah like the longest runs after that were seven by dallas and seven by tony jones so yeah so they they finished uh with 22 rushing yards no. They finished nine, with nine, 90 rushing yards on 22 yards. Carry, carries. But, yeah. that, but what that doesn't tell the story of, and what I find impressive of how Gino stood in there, he's making th- throws with uh, you know three rushes in his face, most of it by design, some of it from missed blitz pickups. But the missed blitz, missed blitz pickups as well tell the story of the running backs got banged up. So Kenneth Walker... Pete Carroll described after the game that he banged up his ankle, which he didn't say it was a twist. He like specified it wasn't, which sounds concerning. Apparently, he was ready to. Pete used a weird phrase, like he apparently he 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 could he tried it out, but then they didn't put him out there. So like he probably was walking on it again, and they just didn't put him out there. So that sounds weird. Mm. Uh, it looked like a very weird sort of non-contact kind of injury as well. Or did he get trod on? Because he did get one of his feet got clipped, I think, when he was going out of bounds. But um, I don't know what happened there. Now, DJ Dallas, they Pete didn't know what happened to him, but they listed that as an ankle as well. 
he got banged up as well. And I think uh, before even Tony Jones took that uh, vicious hit where the, the helmet got involved in the hit, he, and we weren't expecting him to be involved in this game, but Travis Home was inactive on the day. He, uh, I think, got hurt before that hit as well, but then he came back into the game and he went seven for 14 yards. So, Ty, the, the running game is a, a bit of a concern. They'll probably have to add some running backs, but, I mean, what did you just see out of that? Yeah, it's pretty wild how every time that Homer is absent, that it, it, it's very clear that they miss him, yeah. um, particularly with the pass protection stuff because Dallas tried to pick up some blitzes. Wasn't working. Just wasn't happening. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of a big thing, right? Um, overall, the run game, though, I mean, they kind of just had to abandon it for the most part, right? Because, like, Dallas was doubtful to return, and they basically just had to force him back out there after Jones. Uh, yeah, he, the... played, he played through it. People yeah. saying how he was, like, really pleased about that. But that's such a weird thing with football, yeah. especially when it's business, like... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So because of the, you know, because of the lack of bodies, basically, they just kind of had to move on from it for the most part. I mean, they tried to get in, you know, a couple runs in there. I think, you know, they had like one first down run uh, with Tony Jones. It was like a five yard run or something like that. And that was really like it. So uh, hopefully, I mean, they, they have a couple of um, guys on the practice squad right now, Darwin Thompson and uh, God, I I'm skip, missing out on the other name, uh, but they have two guys on the practice squad, so um, that's probably the move there. Just elevations if they need them. Yeah, too bad I they thought... don't have Josh Johnson available. Mm. Well, he was waived with an injury designation, right? So I imagine yeah. he's either. Hopefully, he can still play football. I imagine he'll be right. back next yeah. season. What could have been? Yeah, he was he was the guy. Now there's names like Alex Collins, who's now 32 years old. I believe he's not signed with a team. Obviously, he's been with the Seahawks before. And then guys, Mel- what about Marshawn? <laughs> yes, uh, and there's also Melvin Gordon, who's on the the Kansas City practice squad at the moment. Who's you know we'll see that they'll have to sign someone. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but but again, encouraging that Gino kind of. Yeah, the, he's playing a banged-up opponent, but he's got a banged-up running back room, and he kind of puts the team on his back in a, a... I think moving forward, just having running backs who are more familiar with the game plan would would help, because I think going down the depth chart to, like, Tony Jones, I, I you have to wonder how much that limited their plays. Yeah, you can tell him on the fly, you know, what to do, but, yeah. I, you know, it's obviously not an ideal situation, so... And hey, also important for protection, too. Yeah. Yeah. obviously yeah so so griff how good was uh bobby wagner uh i mean it was not fun to be on the receiving end of it but it's still cool to see him you know have a heartbeat out there the, the first sack was like a nothing sack but the second one was a legit like just toss the running back aside play that was cool i mean that was a great play that was vintage bobby you know the interception obviously was a good play um but I mean, like like Maddie, we've talked about before. The Rams don't really ask him to do anything um, in coverage. Like he, you know, like they don't have to ask him to get depth in zone coverage. It's very odd. Like they they know he's very limited. Um, a lot of a lot of the over the middle of the field production, cursor review of the broadcast. It looked like it was Bobby's zone or his. He was primary primarily level. responsible. Um, but then again, like if they're not asking him to get depth there, then they're just 
then I guess, well, I don't know, the safety's got to nail down more. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. That's how so I took it. Yeah. It's just kind of a bizarre thing. Like, they're not, it's technically not his fault because they wouldn't ask him to be responsible for that. Therefore, he's still impacting your scheme negatively. Um, Hence the PFF rating being ridiculously high. Yeah, he's definitely cheating. He's gaming the system. But I don't I don't like speaking ill of Bobby here, but um No, yeah. that um, interception, what what was your view on that? Oh, like the play, like the call itself. I don't I well, I suppose that if you in the spirit of it has to be incontrovertible incontrovertible evidence to overturn the initial call, then okay, fine, but then what happened last week when they initially called DK's catch a catch and then you know what I'm saying? Like if, if the initial call is X it's really hard to when it doesn't feel super clear to then overturn it. Um, Seattle has just been on the receiving end of really bizarre catch ruling calls. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm sick of it. <laughs> yeah. I would have called it a catch for, I would have called him down rather caught and down at that point. Guys, I think they're paying the refs. <laughs> Why do they hate Seattle? The, the I have shocking evidence. Quiet. I have shocking evidence that the NFL's office is located mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, next to whatever that stadium's called. So far, so far horror. Stadium. It's so far. Yeah. Oh, it's so far. Yeah. So far. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. Final thing on that, I, I meant to mention it earlier, but on the final drive as well, Gino said how in, in his post-game presser, how Pete Carroll told him on the sideline, just play pitch and catch. And that to me is beautiful because I was thinking at the time, wow, this is literally just like pitch and catch. They're just tossing it around the park, yeah. passing to space. They kind of opened up all areas of the field, just let Gino go and get it done. And he did. So. Awesome. Right. Defense, Ty, how nervous were you after that first uh, first opening stuff with Mr. Wolford, who, let's not forget, knocked the Seahawks out of the 2020 playoffs, along with uh, a, a very dominant defense and a, a very injured Jamal Adams. And we're... Thank, th- thank you for reminding all of us. Yeah, no, no, no problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I was pretty nervous. Um, I mean, like some of it was just like, okay, maybe McVeigh's opening script here is just, you know, working. And once things, you know, kind of get settled in, like Seahawks defense will turn it up. But then next couple drives happened and they were still moving the ball and they were still running the ball. And this offensive line has been really bad for Los Angeles for the most part. Um, and they haven't been able to run the ball really with any sort of efficiency for the most part. Uh, but they were just basically moving down the field at will for a while. And yeah, that was really, really nerve wracking and upsetting considering the level of talent you were going up against, you know, without Matt Stafford, without Cooper cup, without Allen Robinson, without, you know, all these guys uh, that the Rams uh, went into this game without. And for them to, I mean, like I know that, Seahawks defense kind of settled in here uh, towards the middle of the game, um, but man, yeah, that was that was a really disappointing and deflating start, especially after the Raiders game and how that went down. Griff, were you worrying about how you'd cope? Um, 
going into the game, I had no idea what to expect. The first two drives, I was definitely like worrying, like, oh my God, are they just completely falling apart? Um, you know, the McVeigh factor, especially the McVeigh Seahawks factor, you know, opening script, like, yeah, they were just finding all the weak spots. Um, and Seattle had to, the Seahawks had to correct to it. Um, and I think by and large, they did with the exception of maybe probably that go ahead drive that they had toward the end. Um, I mean, Wolford is a backup quarterback for a reason, you know, he's a competitor, all that stuff. Right. But, uh, he's bad and his, his stat line was bad. So, I, I mean, I would rather him have a bad stat line than anything else. We don't need to make any statements about the mm-hmm. state of the Seahawks pass defense or not. But I think that by and large, they defended a lot well. So like a lot of that play action that was hitting, uh, most of it was hitting in areas where they historically have not hit against Seattle in the past. So like what mm-hmm. I mean by that is like that cro- the intermediate route, really. That was for the most part bottled up. Um, which I think is a good sign because that probably means you have good spacing and structure. Like it's the hardest route to defend in the all the football right now is play action crossing routes really, or play action inbreakers, right? Whether it's p- pocket play action or or bootleg outside of the pocket play action. So I think I really hope when we watch the tape, we'll see like, okay, they're organized and stuff. Um, the stuff going on in the flats though is really frustrating. I don't know if it's a combination of the flat defender or the or the um, the edge edge defender being too aggressive or too passive. It can be one or the other sometimes. Um, you know, it did look like they they sent some slot blitzes a little bit against under center, especially when the ball was on the hash coming from the field, because that's where you typically boot to the field um, as opposed to into the boundary. Although you can do both, it's just more common to do the former. Um, they did send one of those, and of course, Wolford just tosses it over Kobe Bryant's arms, and it's like, well, that's kind of what you want. If you're Seattle, you want the look. It's just, is he going to get it off or not? And sure enough, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I mean, yeah, they're severely undermanned. Uh, you can't do too much with it. I just think it's probably better than bad that they did not mm-hmm. absolutely crumble in the passing game. Um, yeah, I've got yeah. thoughts on the run defense too, but what did you guys, Maddie, or well, Maddie, what did you think about Walford? Yeah, in, interested in the tape. Obviously, like you said, the stat line 14 uh, of 26 attempts for 178 passing yards, two interceptions. That ain't anything to write home about. Uh, on the ground, the Rams, let's, let's get the average per carry 4.9 yards per attempt. Nope. That's 5.2. passing. 5.2. And uh, 171 yards rushing. I mean, it's not great, it's, but I felt they managed the game. And after that shaky start, you know, the Rams went four of 12 on third down. That's what Seattle yeah. wants. They kind of they kind of stopped them there. And yeah, I mean, w- Wolford. Yeah, there were some worrying moments, right? And uh, yeah. but but it's encouraging to me. Like you know, they kind of came back. I felt McVeigh started the game exploiting Bruce Irvin, who has been given the license to take a shot as a veteran player and take some inside moves. And I think some of that was called stunts, but I think also some of it was Bruce thinking he'd seen something and then getting a reverse coming his way or, you know, the, the run would cut back off that or they'd just run it towards him. But I felt some of that was poor play from Bruce setting the edge and it just got worked a bit. I felt McVeigh also did a good job of getting the crossing route rather than being matched up on like a Tariq Woolen, matched up on like a Ryan Neal. So that that was big. Um, mm-hmm. 
But uh, Ty, Tariq Woolen today, uh, Pete Carroll described him as a knucklehead. <laughs> but, he, um, but, but, but he's, uh, he's finished the game with his sixth interception, which is a record for a Seahawks rookie. So wow. how about that's that, very... Ty? Dad awesome thing to say yeah that's a very dad thing to say uh that's uh that's great i mean you know he keeps on um i mean and there's going to be accolades and all that stuff in the future for him i'm sure uh but he just keeps on piling on you know all the fancy numbers that that writers love you know people are going to be voting for things like defensive rookie of the year just putting that out there um so yeah, so that's good. You know, he's he's racking up those numbers and all that stuff. Uh, Going to be interested uh, to to see how it all you know looks on uh, on tape. But good for him to to get a pick here. Keep boosting yeah. those numbers. Keep on uh, driving up that uh, that run to defensive rookie of the year. Maybe all pro guys? Question mark? Question mark? No. I emoji. I emoji. No. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Get there. I doubt. I doubt it. Um, yeah. yeah. Anthony in the chat point points out and that's what i meant to raise you do have to live with this with mcveigh like his offense in this style with the under center boot and all that stuff it does move the ball like because there's constraints off things you if you're yep. cheating to one thing they'll hit the other thing so you sort of have to right. play it all honest and yeah it will get a few yards but you know 20 points no 23 points that's not that's not horrid i think it's like Griff said, they're slightly outmanned. Um, Griff, I know you, you want to talk about the run defense. Uh, I wanted to say, oh, yeah, interesting. Woolen said his interception, they called in, the coaches called a good call. That He said they called the zone call in. So that's a bit weird. I don't know if um, mm. the zone cover three rather <clears> than the map. And he said usually they'd match it, as we know. So I don't know if that's like a if Scott just shouts at them to play zone or if like surely they're just just to the split i don't yeah well i would love i don't remember what the formation was but i wonder was he opposite trips was it three by one yeah but then they but then they motioned into a jet wheel right yeah so okay but it might have been it might have been the condensed split and then the running back came out on a wheel so it's like it makes sense that they would have him yeah because they've been having issues even remember last week against the raiders when Carr didn't see the one and technically the person responsible for carrying that wheel would have been Bruce Irvin because they have Woolen carrying it the the post all the way to the free safety. And you were you were telling me like that should have been that could have been a touchdown. And so maybe they're they're having him zone off more, especially against the Rams who are going to run stuff like that. So that's a cool game planned little tool that they had. Um so it was really the receiver runs today right like that was really yeah. getting them brandon powell had 45 yards on three carries tutu atwell had 23 yards on four carries it was kind of a big deal for them yeah. yeah yeah i mean and that's not good you have to be able to um bottle those up and they have done that in the past but they've also gotten gashed by it right so um you know that, that's not good but if compared to especially the second half of the Raiders game last week, in terms of just, you know, most good run defenses sourced from defensive line winning blocks and then linebackers getting reading the play right and getting into the right gap at the right time, et cetera, right? The prevalence of that was there with the Acres runs and then most of the Powell runs, um, even though he's a receiver also, but those are a true normal behind center runs, right? Um, a lot of them. I guess he's kind of a hybrid. Uh, but 
what was especially encouraging by, and they weren't dominant, but they were just competent. And what was especially encouraging by that was they played so much of their two, four, five front, like four down, not four down technically, but four down spacing, even spaced fronts. And they were holding up even in short yardage, even on a couple of those that they converted, you know, a two yard run on third and two, when you're in a front that is designed to defend the pass. I mean, it's worth wondering why were they in that? Why do they feel they needed to, you know, why not play their, their like, what do we want to call it? Their three, three, five nickel with the reduced over kind of front where it helps you out a little bit, but even so like, that's just, that's hugely significant. You know, the fact that they, I think that they were holding up that way. Al Woods had a really good game. Shelby Harris had a rough start, but then he played really well. I think Puna played well. So interesting Griff as well to that point that, Rather than as in the past when they've figured they're going to be doing a bit more two four five, they've had you know Monet go and be inactive like we saw in Munich. Yeah. This time around, they they have Alwood and Monet inactive. Uh, uh, sorry, active, but they have LJ Collier and Miles Adams both inactive. Which usually one of those would be active. Usually Miles Adams and they play him at nose tackle in the two four five, which he struggled with. So it's actually nice that they've just put a bit of mass in the two four five anyway. Okay, you lose a bit of pass rush, even though Monet's been working on a bit of a ball rush. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting that they've uh, I think learned from Munich and in, in had a roster. Well, not roster. Well, I guess it is kind of active roster. Their players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So injury wise, Josh Jones left the game early with a hamstring injury and did not return. Then they've got a real issue at safety because Ryan Neal, who was already dealing with an el- a badly bruised elbow, got a knee burster, according to Pete Carroll. Now, mm. he banged his knee and I think hurt his burster, which is the knee bursty are the fluid-filled sacs and synovial pockets that surround and sometimes communicate with the knee joint cavity. So there you go. So that thank doesn't you, sound Dr. too Brown. good. I don't, I don't know how... Thank you. are welcome. I don't know how long that is going to take to deal with but he is um yeah he's he's qu- questionable and so what happened was t's table came in the game i'd actually forgot he was on the team but he he did fine like he didn't stand out in a bad way he kind of got he recovered well to like a, a goal red zone kind of corner shot um i think he was in a curl flat did fine and uh they have a need there and obviously they already signed jonathan abram and we might be seeing him as soon as next week against the panthers because i mean a hamstring isn't a joke with josh jones so yeah yep well and this is what we talked about on wednesday maddie like they got a guy that can has at least some starting experience so you're not throwing some guy in there that's just way too in and over his head i mean we'll see how he you know kind of adapts into everything that they got going on but at least you have you can go into that with some level of confidence so we'll see there you go we'll see and uh yeah maybe table maybe table is gets the shot maybe joey blunt gets the shot but he's more of a digs mirror but yeah. i know they feel highly like about to see him joey yeah yeah he because you liked him in the preseason as well he, he showed some good stuff right griff so yeah i mean as far as you can tell in preseason right i just like that he moved around all right you know yeah so I I that. 
before this game, uh, Pete said how he showed the team. Uh, no, not Pete. Uh, who was it? Gino said that Pete showed the team uh, the night before uh, some Kobe Bryant interviews and cut-ups and stuff, press conferences, I think, and play and talked about the Mamba mentality. So <laughs> that's cool. Be, be a bit awkward if they'd lost. Like, that's not very Mamba. But, uh, we, we, we also have the Mamba mentality when we do the show. Right, 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 of mm. course. And, uh, Indeed. And Gino also, talking basketball, Gino revealed he was sick uh, with this illness that's sort of uh, gone through flu the game, flu yeah. game. Yeah, well, he he was asked about that and really? he didn't play that good. Yeah. But, God, um, Gino. Yeah, yeah. But, God, yeah. I, love his, I love his boring, cliche answers. It means that your quarterback is good. The more cliche your quarterback press conferences are, the better he is. Mm. So yeah. I just love that you get absolutely nothing from his press conference. Zach Wilson, take note. That's he just serious. threw for 400 yards and had a game-winning drive, and he threw to the best, the most talented anyway, cornerback in the league to do it. And then you just have him going, yeah, good team win. You know, everyone pitched in. Perfect. No notes. Vibes, aesthetics, it's all great. Yeah. Gino yeah, checks yeah. every box. He <sighs> could go. He could go save a school bus full of children and – just say like, oh, you know, we all, yeah, just did what I had to team do. Team effort, you know. I got to yeah. give some props to the children as well. They really helped out. You know, yeah. if it wasn't they for did, them, none of this would have been possible. Out of that school, yeah, yeah. Hey, MV, MV Gino, MV Gino, everyone. Well, saying, there's MV a discussion Gino. to be had. Like, I think he's on pace for like four thousand three hundred yards and like yeah. twenty nine yeah. touchdowns. Like, dude, first game winning drive since. 2014. How about that for Gino? Yeah. Hell yeah. He should have had more this year, but hell yeah. I'm giving him extra applause, Matty. I'm trying to give him him some props. What what week was that, though? If we were prepared, we'd remember what week the broadcast said that happened. Mm. Well, look, we are the the Gino boys, right? So we have to prop up our guy. We have to prop up our guy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Since since day one. So Griffin, you've said Rashad Penny might come back in January. Yeah, that was a report. I don't know where I just saw it tweeted. Um, All right. Oh, if it's on Twitter. It was it? Was true. it? Was it from Baker Bredman, by chance? <laughs> well, no, was it? <laughs> oh no! You should you should check maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Just make sure that you didn't get breaded. I think it was. I think it was a real life. What, mm. what is this? What is, what Fern- is Okay, so Anthony oh, Pascal, okay. I hope I pronounced your last name right, in the chat said Ian Furness reported it. So if, okay. if they get into the playoffs, he might be available then. I don't know. Does that mean like the very end of December, January? But that'd be pretty cool. They might need it just for health, per- like depth purposes. Even yeah. you know, even outside of the fact that he's really good, you know, they definitely um, need it. They definitely need it. I mean, what uh, what is a banged up ankle? Like, is that broken? Like, uh, he banged it around? Like, it's, it's it's nicked. He's he's got a legit bang up. He's got a legit nick. For him not to come back in the game, like that doesn't yeah, sound too good. It's concerning. I mean, they didn't rule him out immediately, though. So maybe that's a good sign. 
Mm. Like he was questionable for a while until they eventually rolled him out. So And you think Pete would have said like he's gonna have an MRI, like you know. I kind of feel like there was like something that he was already dealing with entering this game though. Because like Wait, after the first run, he went to the to the sideline and there was like a groin thing or something, and then yeah, Walker's done that a few times, like where he's pulled up, like he's pulled something, and then after like two more plays, he's uh he's 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 back in the game, and he then mm. has another run where he looks slightly weird. So I think we should quickly just talk about the, the playoff picture that I led off with. So the results today, uh, well. I think Griff, you were saying you reckon the 49ers would lose this game. Yeah. They did not. They did they, not. They beat Miami, which is unfortunate given that Miami was uh, supposed to be the like, one of the toughest teams on their schedule and they were 8 and 3 at the time. So the 49ers do lead the NFC West at 8 and 4. Seattle 7 and 5. They can't really afford to lose a game again. And obviously these two sides meet in not this Thursday, but Two God, Thursdays, time, three Thursdays time. Depends when you're listening. But after the Panthers game. So that's mm. obviously monumental and on a short week as well. At least the Seahawks are at home. Anyway, now. I hate Thursday night games. Mm. Washington tying is unfortunate because if they beat the Giants, who uh, the Seahawks... The Seahawks apparently have the tiebreaker on Washington right now. Yeah, we're, we're now. seventh seed right now. Yeah, the, the Seahawks are the seventh seed at the moment. We are in this thing. Stop the count. Mm. Oh, mm. so is that is that a good result then? I, I don't think it's as bad of a result as maybe some on Twitter are making it out to be. Because I saw people like, oh my God, they tied. This is awful. This is like the worst possible thing that could happen. And I'm, and I'm like literally looking at the ESPN playoff machine yeah. that says the Seahawks are in. So I'm like, yeah, we're we're, we're, in that, that we're in that sucker right now. Yeah, because yeah. and this yeah the Seahawks obviously beat the Giants. So with Jimmy out, it's probably a divisional yes. record so, or something like so, that. Yeah, so that that is the major news. So Jimmy Garoppolo was which uh, started off him, the field, which really does suck. Uh, he's ruled out mm. for the season with a broken foot um, after just eight plays against the Dolphins. They obviously already lost Trey Lance, injured against the Seahawks. And now they have Brock Purdy Mania Purdy quarterbacking their offense. And honestly, like they didn't really, <laughs> they didn't look like they had a third string rookie mm-hmm. undrafted free agent quarterback. Yeah, or maybe he did get drafted. He was, uh, he was Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. Oh, well, he's very relevant now. <laughs> oh. Being irrelevant had never been so Purdy. Mm. Oh, there we go. Mm. So. That'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. They've still got a host of uh, weapons. They've they're very talented, uh, especially on offense. Like I, Debo yeah. and Purdy can run a bit. Like, yeah, I don't know if you want to run that, that run, that run much, game but... in their in their defense is still going to allow them to win some games yeah. in the regular season. Their I mean, like playoff wise, good. like playoff wise, they're probably screwed. But like regular season wise, they're probably still going to get it. Uh, their remaining schedule, by the way, so next week they play the box. Then they play the Seahawks, of course. Yep. Uh, then they play the Commanders. Oh, juicy. Uh, the Raiders, who yeah. are... Yeah, that is juicy, right? Like, and the Raiders won today? Potentially in that. Uh, yeah, the Raiders yeah. are playing some pretty good ball right now. Um, and uh, and then they wrap up the season against the Cardinals, which... Womp, womp. Womp, womp. Yeah. 
So they need to drop. They could feasibly lose two of those five yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. No, and then yeah. obviously one of them has to happen against us, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it has to happen. I don't like it. I don't like it, man. I can't believe they lost to the Raiders. But you know what? Where I'm at with all this, if you can just get into the seventh seed, I'll live with it. Yeah. Seattle's schedule compared to that is actually pretty even, isn't it? Like they play the Jets, the Rams, the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Chiefs. Fortnite Panthers. Ooh. Yeah. That's a spicy. Much like it. I, w- I would like for this defense to uh, improve before they go to Arrowhead Stadium in week 16. That would be nice. That would be preferable. Maybe they don't need to. Maybe. Maybe it's fixed. Maybe, you know, yeah, after those first couple of drives, you know, the, the, the fourth quarter drive, the go-ahead drive was a fluke, right? They they figured it out, though. They figured it out. They're back. The they, yeah, week, I'm really... The since week six defense is back. <laughs> God, I hope so. Well, they need another game to kind of throw it together. Um, it really did feel like they reachieved a, a threshold of competency this game that they were sorely lacking last week. And to a degree, the Bucks game. So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully. I, I don't know how much you can take away because the Rams' offensive style is so unique, especially with their quarterback situation currently. And then the Rams are also not just a quarterback, completely banged up. Oh, speaking of being banged up at quarterback, though, uh, it was announced that after the game by Sean McVay that Matthew Stafford has... A spine injury, spinal cord contusion, which like that sounds like you should probably stop playing football. But then football players are ridiculously uh, tough and committed. But um, that sounds terrifying. That does. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Hoping for the best for him. That sucks. Yeah, that's not good. Um, Yeah. By the way, you know, we're talking about how much like the. you know the Seahawks have benefited from the the rust trade, but like the Lions are also going to get a really nice pick from the from the yeah Stafford trade out of this. Yeah the the Rams yeah, yeah. Uh, the Rams first round pick trading thing has has kind of uh, finally not. I think I think they actually have the sec. I think they have the second pick. Or the Lions have the second pick now via the Rams, and the Seahawks have the third pick via the Broncos. What, what did the Rams give? What, what did they get from that first round pick? Which they gave to the Lions. Um, sorry, what? I don't. I'm confused. What did you I'm confused. You mean, you, who, you mean who do the Lions get? No. Oh, who do the Lions get? No. No, the the Rams oh. gave up a first round pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. What? Who? What for? A, a Super Matthew Bowl. Stafford. Matthew Stafford in a Super Bowl. So. Oh, you're. Yeah. Are you pulling our chain? No, yeah, no, chain? I was. Yeah, you know I how totally we Americans was. are. You, we you, don't you get... didn't land, didn't land, Matthew. I wasn't yeah. trying to. Ep- I was just being epic tired. Fail. It's three fifteen a.m. Epic fail. Um, um Maddie, by the way, question. the Bron- the Broncos lost again, but we'll talk about that on Wednesday. Tease the Broncos Tease. lost again, Maddie. Uh, is it is it one of your funny questions? Because we should probably ask the listeners for questions before we do funny questions. Okay, fine. Okay. Hey, chat. <laughs> ask questions, chat. Do, do some do some questions. Please. Chat. 
do the do the question thing. I thought we were capping at forty five minutes. Uh, yeah, well, but if we spent seven minutes but pontificating. Yeah, yeah, that's forty five minutes of actual show time, not the, 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 the pre show. Yeah, exactly. Master Camden says the Panthers game is a trap game. I think yes, but then yeah, in this I don't same know, vein, the Seahawks the... good enough to think games are trap games, like maybe. But then they they shouldn't have that. They they're, like they're out. They need to keep proving themselves as the mentality. They the, yes. Although the Seahawks shouldn't be reading their you know their press clippings. You know they they should be you know keeping in a level head. You know every game is a championship opportunity. Every every single positive press yeah. Tur- turn off espn and nfl network guys take the tvs out of the VMAC. vmac censorship yep yeah get some buy-in right uh camden asks what is a catch what is a fumble what is a ref those are great no questions idea. i cannot answer oh Hen- henry questions. with a henry with a, a good question here Will DK well, yeah, have another 100-yard game this season? I have bets on him having three 100-yard games in the regular season. Henry adds. Um, I think he's got one more in him. Why not? Yeah. Panthers game. Yeah. Panthers game. Panthers game. JC Horn is like, I'm going to follow you around. And then DK's like, okay. DK going for 200 off of Sauce. Yeah, let's do it, Henry. Let's, let's make it. some money. Okay. Uh, who would be in an ideal matchup in the playoffs? Asked Taylor. Um, it'd be nice if you could choose. I'd say mm. the uh, hmm, hmm. it's three and ten Chicago Bears. Well, the field looks quite good, but no, we can't, we can't, uh, we can't pick, can we? Uh, I guess Washington isn't the worst. Like, I, I don't know. All... Um... What do you guys think? What's realistic? I mean, I well, think the Vikings. The Vikings are a formidable team, but they're the fakest ten and two team in recent. And memory. that's right now who the Seahawks would play. Season ended today; they right. would play the Vikings. And Pete is buddies with Eddie. So maybe Ed can do a solid and. There you go. Yeah, just throw yeah. a game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just for the the friendship. For all time's sake. There we um, go. Yeah, the yeah, Vikings I, isn't the worst. Like, it depends if they're wild card or win the division, right? Like, if they win the division, then yeah, if they win the division, right, then they're getting like they're probably getting the three seed because they're probably going to finish with a better record than Tampa Bay. Maybe I we'll feel see. like we're going to end up facing the Niners if the Niners become a wild. If if we take the that division, is not we're def- that is not the ideal playoff. <laughs> no, that's not no, the let's, ideal. Let's, let's, let's U turn. Like let's going to end U-turn up happening. from that. Yeah. Uh, honestly, host the Giants. That would be my answer. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. I don't believe. Ooh. I think they're a fake seven and four and one team. So also we've seen this before, right? They're the, and obviously, yeah. as we all know, regular season games equal exactly the same outcome in the playoffs. Yeah, precisely. Especially, especially in the year twenty twenty. Let's let's. Uh, there's some very good questions here, which I think can happen for another pod. But there's one here: over under ten wins at the end of the season. All right. So they got five games left. They're seven and five. I think they finished eleven and six. I I say push because I called ten and seven at the start of the season. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, push ten and seven. There you go. So th- yeah. ha- hang on, what are they now? Seven and 
They're seven and five. five, so they need to win three games. So Carolina, San Francisco, LA. It's doable. Yeah. There we go. And Drift, you're saying they win four games. So who do they lose to, Griff? I can do math. I think they go eleven and six. So okay. Throw on the Jets. They beat the Jets. Nice. Robert Sadaf. Yeah. We lose to the Chiefs. Right. Mm. Um, no, Maddie. no, 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 hold on. I need to do my wrap up. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We had so many people live. That's very exciting. But also, thank you for listening. If you are listening, please do rate the show and recommend it to your friend. So, five star review, recommend it to your friends, help us keep growing, keep growing the, the atmosphere. 